The following podcast is brought to you by Astro Panda Productions. For more information or to find other great shows, visit astropandaproductions.com or visit the Astro Panda Productions page on blogtalkradio.com. Chaos, episode 193. I also had a bloody good time at House Harker. Hey, everybody, Jeremy here. I've been kind of hit and miss on interviews lately because I can't find interesting people to interview very often, but this week it's different. I have with us one of the idea men behind the movie. I had a bloody good time at House Harker, as well as the YouTube series Good Cops, Derek Hogan. He's been kind enough to join us today. How you doing there, Derek? Hey, I'm doing good, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Well, thank you for agreeing to do this and uh, yeah. putting up with my three weeks of trying to figure out when to when to actually sit down and do it. No, it's, I think I think it's great that we finally got in touch, yeah. and I still owe you that whiskey, so well, I'll, I'll get you that. Yeah, so, so for filmmakers or web series creators out there, if you want an interview on my show, bribery helps is what we're going to say. And, uh, yes. You know, yeah. Yeah, I won't welch, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just go pay to play on that one. It'll be okay. <laughs> All right, Derek, so tell me a little bit about your filmmaking background. What turned you on? To, well, let's start with that. What turned you on to movies? When when did you first see a film and go, hey, that's what I want to do? Oh, my gosh. Um, I don't know if this is – I don't know if it, if it was after the movie um, I, I knew I wanted to make movies um, or be a part of that world, but I, I remember the first movie that affected me, and that was – um, was I nine, eight or nine? And I saw E.T. with my my mom uh, on my birthday. And I, rem- I remember uh, I went to the mall. That's where we saw it. And uh, it was in Duluth, Minnesota, because I lived in uh, Superior, Wisconsin. And that, at that time, we didn't have a movie theater there. So we drove all the way to Duluth. Okay. And the movie was sold out when we got there. And I was I really wanted to see it. And my mom and dad said, do you want to walk around and then come back and see the second show? Or do you want to go home and do something else? And I said, I, w- I want to watch the, the movie. So we walked around, got some ice cream, came back. And then we uh, went in, in and head, headed into the movie theater. And as soon as the movie got going, I was so into this world. And I never saw anything like that. And as just what am i watching and and i still watch it to this day and have have that that same like magical thing that uh that you don't really see a lot these days in in uh uh, modern filmmaking i think i think et was just one of the the greatest movies when i was a kid and it, it still is one of my favorites um you know it's funny is we just recently tried to get our grandson to watch that and I realized I hadn't seen it. In Probably a, hates it. <laughs> well, it's it is slow moving for a six year old these days. You know, there's no lightsabers. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, right. But then I realized I hadn't seen it oh, in 37 years. I hadn't seen it since it ran in the theaters. And what was funny is I remember wow. Peter Coyote's character being a terrible person, and then I watched it this time. I'm like, he's not so bad. <laughs> you know, he was like, hey, 
your dead alien friend is dead. You want to come see him before we chop him up into little pieces? I remember that playing out yeah. completely different. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, I re- rewatched it a few years ago on my birthday. That's what I want to do on my birthday. And then, uh, last year, try to get the, the kids to watch it. And yeah, same thing. They just, you know, they're so young, so they don't know what's going on, but, uh, well, yeah. your, yours are but, quite uh, little, right? Quite yeah. little. Yeah. Two, yeah. two and a half. And then we have one on the way. So, Oh, congratulations. Um, in a couple of weeks. Yeah. A couple of weeks yeah. <laughs> actually. So, She's she's ready, so now, we're ready. It's a it's a little guy. Yeah, so your your first two are twins, right? Or, That's yeah. correct. Okay, uh, I have a boy and a girl. Now, did you do that because of SAG regulations? <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did. I, got, I think we got lucky on that. I was actually um, we had twins. You know, we we were kind of like going back and forth. So like, do we do we want to have another one? And um, um, we're good. We're a little older, you know, so, but we, we wanted to try, um, one more and, uh, the, the first couple of months of trying, we succeeded. <laughs> and then after a while we're like, Whoa, wait, what, 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 what do we do? <laughs> um, but, uh, we're also really excited to, to finally meet them. Um, I know my wife is ready to, to be done. <laughs> no, that's, that's really she's, cool. Uh, she's, yeah, yeah. I yeah. was, I was not a stellar parent. So when I was done, I was done. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, the grandson's a little different. I get tired of him. I can just give him back. Yeah, yeah, you're like, here, take take this guy. I can't wait to be a grandparent. <laughs> what? And now I'll, I got a dog dicking at the door. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I'll remember it, though, when, uh, when I'm finally a grandparent. <laughs> oh, it, it comes back. <laughs> it comes back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some friends of ours, both, they had two daughters that were fairly close in age, and one was already 18 or just over, and the other one was within a year, and then they got pregnant. And I'm like, what? What were you doing? What were you thinking? <laughs> you were almost free and clear. Yeah. You were on those. Well, that's what I was telling my wife. I mean, they're just starting to get potty trained. They're just um, getting to that point where they're listening to us, and now we're about to, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll have another one and what's the whole process, but I'm really interested to see like how much easier it's going to be, uh, or if it'll be about the same having uh, just one little, little baby. And then, and then two, because I remember the first year, I, I don't, well, I don't remember the first year. It was just survival mode. Just, yeah. Just you're kidding. in your short term memory the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What if we they stick their had... finger in that light socket? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He's alive. Yeah. <laughs> he's alive. That's what was a friend of mine said one time. He's like, baby number one, you're like over. You're like you just hover on them all the time until they're like 23. You're just over them. Yeah. Number two yeah. gets a little more freedom. Number three is probably going to get hit by a car. <laughs> <laughs> it was a terrible thing to say, but it made me laugh. Hilarious. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's awful. It's awful. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go on record with that one or anything. Right. So, so Derek, now that we've wandered a field there for a moment, uh, so at nine you saw ET that made you. Now, did, were you actually interested in filmmaking? I mean, at nine, were you like, I want to make films, or did you just like kind of like now you understood movie making magic as like a thing that could captivate people? Yeah, I, I think that's what it was. I think it was just, I, I was into this whole world. I was into the the movie. Like I, th- I know I watched other TV programs and other movies, and, but nothing. I remember just being in the seat on the edge of my seat the whole time and just being immersed into this world. And I didn't know a movie could have that kind of effect 
on me at that time. Um, I knew that there, I, 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 if anything, I, I fell in love with movies at that time and noticed them more and wanted to watch more. I don't think I, I, I became interested in uh, making movies until I was a little bit older. I came from a, you know, I was in, I lived in Wisconsin, so um, I had interest in writing I, when I was like whoa, a little bit older, probably about 16. Mm-hmm. And, and I would uh, write stuff and I would never show anybody. And, um, and, and then, then you get older and older and, uh, and you realize that, you know, this, this is a, a dream and you're not going to be able to do this. So in my twenties, I, I started to go to school for sales and, and marketing. And, and, uh, I think it was about 28, I moved to, uh, California. I got a job and I was working with this buddy. Um, I'll just name him, uh, Chris Beam. And he kind of asked me if I w- was interested in doing a theater. And I was like, no. <laughs> and because uh, we always were uh, goofing around at work and stuff. And he, he thought that I would be good at that. And uh, he, there was an audition and he told me about it. And then I said, oh, maybe I'll do it. And then I, once I told him, I said, you know, I, I don't think I want to do this. I don't want to do community theater. And he said, yeah, you're probably right. You probably can't do it anyway. <laughs> and that really got to me. I was like, what are you talking about, pal? And uh, so I ended up going to that audition. And later on, the director told us at um, the cast party when he was drunk uh, that I did the probably the worst audition of his like 30 years of directing. Um, <laughs> but, but the fact that I continued to audition was a musical. And uh, uh, it was called Crazy For You, I think. And... And there's a little a couple of more facts about that as well. But um, uh, he's he, first I had to sing. I don't sing. So and I didn't know any songs. So I sang Happy Birthday. You have to dance. I don't dance. But I, I did the whole audition. It was a two hour audition. I had no idea it was gonna be that long. And and it, he, he said that it was the worst one he's ever seen. But the fact that I kept going and, and, and didn't give up that he was like, I got to I got to cast this idiot, you know. Um, so that's how I got the part. And then I en- ended up meeting my, uh, my wife there. So it was about almost 18 years ago. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so that, that's another story. We, we dated for a while, for uh, two, three years, we broke up and then we uh, got back together about, uh, four years ago. And, uh, yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's a, that's a long story, I guess there. And then, and then, um, I started, that's kind of was my story. My acting bug, I guess, mm-hmm. was a little bit later in life. So I was about 28, 29 when I did that. And and then after that, I did a play after play after play. And then I, I eventually uh, did a, a short movie a, a guy directed. Um, and then I uh, and then I wanted to kind of direct. And, and I so I wrote this uh, uh, short and I got some people together and we shot it. I think it was we played it in a theater and um, at the time I thought it was the greatest thing. And then a few years later I watched it again. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so self-indulgent. What, what was I thinking? And I won't show anyone that movie ever. <laughs> it was just, it was just awful. Um, but, but then I just kept, you know, uh, making some shorts here and there. And then I ended up uh, moving to New Jersey for a job. And um, I personally uh, was like, Oh, this was a mistake. And and then about a year later, I got laid off and I was like, well, what am I going to do? I really miss California. I was really homesick for California, even though I'm not originally from there. Uh, 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 and and so I decided to move back 
and I eventually ended up in L.A., and I started working as a production assistant on a reality show. And then I did another show and another show, and I worked my way up to a, a, a post-coordinator show. And then one of my closest friends uh, is getting married, and we go to a bachelor party, and that's where I meet my uh, partners on Good Cops. And uh, we got together at this bachelor party, and we just hit it off for some reason, and we love, we all love movies, and we're just ch- chit-chatting about um, uh, cop, like 80 cop movies, mm-hmm. and, and how awful the cops were, and how they should all be in jail, and, <laughs> and, and but yet they're so passionate about their jobs, and, and, and we also felt like the, the cops seemed like they loved their partners just a little too much sometimes, you know, and, and we, we, we always would make fun of that. And, and, uh, I, I remember like at a birthday party or something, um, Jacob Gibbons, uh, we were talking about it again and he, he just all of a sudden put his hand on the refrigerator and was pretending he was like talking to his wife and he was like, God damn it, Cheryl, I'm a good and that's for me. That's when good cops really all of a sudden clicked, and we talked about it for over a year before we actually shot an episode. And we, every time we got together, we would create these these characters, Nikki Perkins and Sledge, and we were just cracking ourselves up and making ourselves laugh. And we all and we all knew that we wanted to like create something together. And and um and we our director Clayton Cogswell, we told him about it, and he just thought it was the dumbest idea. And didn't want anything to do with it um, until we wrote the script. And uh, uh, we were talking about, about the first script. And all I, all I knew is uh, we're going back and forth, but we didn't know how to start it. And I said, all I know is I want to be getting a blowjob in the back seat of the car. And Jacob was like, I have an idea. And he, he, uh, he left for like a day, sent us a script like the next day. And we read it and we're like, oh, my God, this, this is kind of funny to us. But we tell people about it and they just thought it was the dumbest thing. <laughs> but we just we just just fucking made us laugh. So, <laughs> well, so, first like, off, I, I can only imagine how many actual script starting sessions where one person goes, all I know is I want to get a blowjob in the backseat of the car in the <laughs> opening scene. That's, that's, fucking, that's yeah. all I knew. We had no, we had no idea where the show was going to go, but that's, I just wanted that. (laughs) And God bless Jacob. He made it happen. He wrote, he wrote an excellent uh, first script. And, uh, and that's kind of how we started all collaborating together as a team. Well, and real quick on that. So that's your YouTube series, Good Cops, which, you know, do you know the web address for that right off the top of your head? I do. It's a Good Cops TV. Okay. On YouTube? Yeah. Perfect. I will try to make sure I link that in the show notes. All right, so, yeah, there is a... I love Lethal Weapon. I, I even like Lethal Weapon 2 and 3. 4, not so much. I, I rewatched all of them. My wife wanted to kill me that I made her watch them, but I <laughs> loved all of them. Um, they're, such, they're, such a, they're such a great... It's a great series. Yeah, and what has happened at three of my recent Christmas parties is... And this is like this has been an internet thing for about you know about seven or eight years now that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. So it's oh let's put on Die Hard let's put on Die Hard and I'm like fuck mm-hmm. you guys if we're gonna watch an '80s Christmas movie we're watching Lethal Weapon because yeah. everybody, everybody forgets that happens during Christmas. It's it's a it's a great it's a 
it's a great Christmas movie for yeah, sure. It really is. <laughs> it's got everything you want. It's got naked women, bullets, yeah, buddy bullets. cops, cocaine, and cocaine. breaking windows. Yeah, and the the you know the loose cannon cop, the yeah. the 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 the, re, the guy is about to retire. He's been doing it too long. It's it's it has everything. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it was such a classic movie, and and I still enjoy watching it um, to this day. And that was uh, one of the movies that really in, influenced um, Good Cops for sure, um, especially for Perkins. Uh, Martin Riggs is is definitely in in that character for sure. <laughs> that was that was one of them, and then. Um, and then we, uh, I, I sprinkled a little Kurt Russell, because mm-hmm. I think Kurt Russell is the coolest guy uh, to ever live. And then, um, and then um, Animal from the Muppets is uh, also um, inside uh, the character Perkins. <laughs> That's kind of how I, I envision, you know, when I was putting him together, like you know, just this crazy loose cannon guy um, that uh, just says and does anything he wants and and, and gets away with it somehow, you know, um, and that's. That's like in the Lethal Weapon movies. It's like that guy should have been in a psych ward. I yeah. mean, he was fucking out of his goddamn mind. Oh yeah, you yeah know? no, you're you don't want him right with there. a gun, <laughs> you know. And and we we and we thought that was funny, even though we enjoy those movies. And in, in a sense, the the web series is kind of a, a loves a love letter to those movies, you know, um, because we we were kind of making fun of it, and we do kind of tease make we make jokes about those kind of movies throughout. And then you haven't seen the, the, the last episode, but it, it kind of turns into a cop movie at the very end. And, uh, and we were really, really happy with how, how the ending happened. I think it's the best thing we, we've done actually. <laughs> the episode eight of good cops of oh, season then, one. I will rush through yeah. to get caught up on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it was just like, it all kind of came together. And when we were first watching it, I'm like, how do we do, how do we pull that fucking thing off? <laughs> and, uh, so it was, it was a lot of fun. I love stuff like that, especially, well, um, I'll compare it to a horror film since we're coming up on talking about what yeah. anyways, The Rise yeah. of Leslie Vernon <clears throat> is one of my all-time favorite horror films. And it starts off as a documentary film crew is following this guy who's going to be the next major slasher. Okay. And um, it, the full title might be like Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. but you'll Yes. Okay, yeah. I've seen that. Yes, yeah. I've seen that. Yes. Yes, and, behind the mask. Yeah, Great. and they follow him as he sets it up, and then you get to the end, and they're like, God, we can't just sit here and go with this. And then the whole style changes. They flip to a, yeah. a third-person omniscient camera. Um, yep. It goes widescreen instead of uh, you know two by three. The filmography, the coloring, the lighting, uh, the cinematography, and everything change as it becomes a horror film for the last 18 minutes. I love stuff like that, and I sure hope that's what you just described to me about good it's cops. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much, yeah, kind of, yeah. It's like it's it's just kind of teasing it, and then all of a sudden we are in a, a cop movie. Even though the subject stuff, the subject matter that we're talking about is ridiculous, it's 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 just, yeah. I mean, it's still funny, you know, in that episode, but it's like it's like wow, it's it's kind of gritty at times and and sad and 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 funny, and yeah, so. Um, I don't want to give it away either, uh, no, no, but, no, no. uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things, you know, where, where if you, people, people have asked me like, you know, what was the favorite thing that you worked on? And that, that definitely is, is by far the, the thing that I, I'm most proud of is that episode, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. All right. I so, wish I wish all of them could be like that. <laughs> well, you know, maybe one day you'll have a moment of epiphany and realize that your first film that you won't show anybody is actually your magnum opus of your whole career. 
And I promise you. <laughs> Look, isn't everybody's first creative endeavor totally self-indulgent? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it should be. <laughs> yeah. I remember, you know, trying to write a comic book when I was like 19 and it was going to be, you know, 6,000 pages and, you know, it's, it's get your head around what you're doing, buddy. Come on. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. It's like, and then you're thinking like, oh, you want people to watch this. You want people to read this, you know, yeah. um, well, maybe you should try to, you know, target an audience at least somehow. <laughs> yeah, at least pick a demographic, if nothing yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. A genre. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. All right. So I discovered uh, the movie up oh, just just as a quick fill in. I lost my job back in May. I've had a really bad year. My dad passed away and I kind of just fell apart. Um, but I have had enough money to sit around and do nothing but watch shitty movies on Amazon for a couple months now. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, what happens is occasionally, as I put on a movie thinking, oh, man, what's this one going to be like? I enjoy them. And amongst that group of films that I enjoyed quite a bit is a little film that you may be familiar with called I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker. Well, thank you. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Um, we're not getting paid for it, so it, we like the compliments. We'll take it. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A, a couple friends of mine who are independent filmmakers are like, yeah, I'm on Netflix in four countries. I made $8 last month. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I still work at the gas station, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's uh, that's the one thing they don't tell you um, when you get a, a film done, right? Um, that you're still going to have to work a day job. You're still going to have to you know, still have responsibilities, bills to pay. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, yeah, but it was, it was a, a lot of, of fun to do and it was great that we, we were able to do it. Um, it was a lot of work. Um, we neglected a lot of things, um, you know, making it, but, um, um, it was, it was a learning process for sure. A part of it was like, you know, when it's all said and done, it's like, were we even ready to do it? But at the same time, you know, if, if you just don't dive in and do it, you, you might never do it. You know, if you're always asking yourself, am I ready to do this? Am I ready to do this? You know, yeah. I think it's with having kids, too. It's just like, well, well you're, you're never going to have children if you're. <laughs> my, my wife always says you're going to fuck your kids up no matter what you do. But as long as you fuck them up out of love and not abuse, yeah, you're, you're doing OK. Yeah, if, and, if I can have my children do like two years of therapy, I think I'll be happy. I'll yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I can just limit it to that, everything will be yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, so what is the base conceit behind? I mean, what's give me a quick, you know, two sentence, three sentence idea of what House Harker is for somebody who hasn't seen it. Um, these uh, brothers claim they're the descendants of the last vampire hunter, um, Jonathan and Mina Harker. And uh, the whole town thinks they're fucking nuts. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine. I mean, you know, I guess 120 years ago, things were a little different. But if a vampire showed up somewhere in America, there'd be some evidence, right? I mean, yeah. Like that, yeah. You think you think we, we, we would have heard about it um, or or it'd be on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, even like in the olden days, like somebody would have gone to the newspaper or sent a telegraph yeah. to somebody or something, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, where did the idea from this? I know the story idea was yours, but somebody else scripted it, right? Yeah. Jacob uh, Givens wrote it. We we all collaborate mm -hmm. um, um, together. Um, we, we basically get in a room together and we talk about the, the, the script and the storylines and the jokes and, and we make each other laugh and then uh, we write notes and well Jacob writes notes 
And, uh, and then he takes all these notes, goes home, puts it all together, puts his own flair on it, comes back. And then we say that sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he has a panic attack. Yeah. We tell him, love him. Uh, you're doing a good job, <laughs> but we just, we just need to change uh, a few things. Um, and, and then he goes back again and then again and until we're all comfortable, um, with the jokes, the story, uh, the characters. And, uh, he really, you know, we, we, we tease him a lot, but, um, he really has a really tough job, um, um, writing and then coming back to us and just thinking it's like, sometimes he's just, he's just ready for us to hate it. And then we love it. And he's like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, and, uh, let me stop you right there. Let's go ahead. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your collaborators and what they do, you know, when, you know, cause I don't know the names everybody you work with and I'd like sure. to make sure we give them a tip of the hat and know a little bit about uh, their background here. Yeah. Without these guys, um, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had the movie. Uh, well, Jacob, uh, Givens, um, I, I met him at, well, I actually met Jacob Givens and Noel Carroll. Um, Jacob Givens is the in our group, I guess, the the writer and actor and okay. all of our stuff. And then uh, Noel Carroll uh, would be the on like the business side and um, producer, and then also an actor um, in in all of our stuff. And then there's um, uh, Clayton Cogswell, and he does uh, he's our director. Um, so he uh, and also the uh, main editor on all of our stuff. Um, and I, I've, I've done some editing here and there too. And like when we were first getting started, but, um, he is by far the superior, um, editor for sure. And, uh, uh, but he, he uh, he is, the, he runs the ship, you know, when, when we're all on set, um, you know, he, uh, he tells us what to do and gets some really good performances out of all of us somehow and, uh, has a wacky, uh, sense of humor, um, just like the, the rest of us. And, and then there is uh, one man I want to talk about who's kind of a, our unsung hero, uh, Tim Sloan. And he uh, writes all the music and um, does all the sound effects. Um, uh, I don't think we would have uh, kept going if it wasn't for this man. He really has taken his music to help tell the stories and, and everything we do. And um, I, I, I always, when I always hear it, I'm like, how, how did you, how did you do this? And, um, some of his best work, I think was in, uh, our, our web series that we did, uh, called tumbleweed. And that was a video game web series, uh, about this, like a 16 year old live action playing a cowboy in a video game. And he just goes around killing people and trying to have sex with chicks mm-hmm. and just keeps getting killed. And then respawning at the beginning of the game and realizes if he wants to get to the next level, he has to, he has to play the game. Um, and Tim wrote these amazing, you know, Western style, you know, music pieces that just blew me away. And he's way too good for us and should, should not, should not be with us probably. <laughs> you, may, you may not want to say that too loud probably, or too uh, often though. Uh, yeah. Damn it. Damn well, it. The, thing, the thing about music and movies, it, <clears throat> sometimes the best music and movies is the stuff you didn't even realize was there. Mm-hmm it gets overlooked and obviously like i said i've been watching a lot of low budget horror films on amazon and you wouldn't believe how many i've seen that just use like the sony catalog of royalty free music and things like that yeah and i i realize i'm a little bit closer to it so i see it probably more than some people do who just throw the shit on the background and walk away but when i hear studio just you know production music i'm like 
Yeah. So your whole budget was a hundred bucks, and you spent ninety eight of it there, and yeah. now I can't even enjoy your movie. But yeah. I've got I've got some dumb rules when it comes to watching them. When the bad ones come up, mm-hmm. I want I want the shittiest camera work I can find. <laughs> I want overexposed whites, and <laughs> and there has to at least be two hot chicks. Otherwise, I will turn it off. But You'll turn it off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot. Amazon Prime, I've, I've gone down a rabbit hole myself a few times. <laughs> it's easy to do. <laughs> I'm just like, what? How much, how much movies are out there? Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe if we knew how many movies were made, maybe we went to done, tried one. <laughs> I don't know. Um, is bliss, I guess, sometimes, you know. Oh, yeah. But, you know, just because there's a lot of them. Yeah. It doesn't mean that the one you wanted to make has already been made. So you might as well uh, make the one you sure. want to make. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my problems with film critiquing right now is when when I go and read whatever movie, whatever's being done, when I read the critiques of it online or in newspapers, I always notice that nowadays the critique is always, why did you make the movie you made instead of the one I wanted to make? Seems to be the thing I'm finding now. I'm like, that's not how this is supposed to work, guys. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. So the House Harker movie... Mm -hmm. um, you play a character named Ned. Yes. And then the other two characters, and of course now all of a sudden I just went blank. The other two characters are the descendants, allegedly, of Jonathan and Mina Harker. Yes, I play Ned Morris, and uh, it, it, we kind of used our own, like, you know, went into, we took, like, the Bram Stoker, you know, lore, mm-hmm. and then just kind of reinvented some things. Um, but we, we kept, uh, Jonathan and, and Mina Harker and they're in the beginning and then, um, and then the Harkers themselves, it, it feels like all you, all you hear about is, uh, the, the other vampire hunter, you know, that, that didn't Dang even, Helsing. yeah, yeah. didn't even kill, uh, uh, Dracula. I think Man, it was like Quincy got him. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, so, and Quincy, uh, Morris, um, is, so we don't we never say this in the movie, but um, I didn't that, even pick that up till you just said it. Yeah, uh, Ned Morris is a descendant of uh, Quincy uh, Morris, and uh, he is kind of like the protector, but he does it, you know, accidentally. Uh, <laughs> he, does, he doesn't. He's uh, he kind of thinks he's awesome, but doesn't doesn't have anything really back it up. Um, you know, says thinks he's a really good uh, carver with a chainsaw, but hasn't hasn't done so. Um, but, um, and, 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 uh, yeah, so, so that, that was kind of like the, the, the thing with Ned, but, but a lot of people, I don't, I think it, not a lot of people caught on to that, which if we ever do a sequel, maybe we'll, we'll explain that a little bit more. <laughs> so, so my question to you is I, I always, okay, so I'm a Star Trek fan and for a Star <laughs> Trek fan, there is no detail too small to pick apart. Okay. <laughs> okay. So in, in the world of, I had a bloody good time at house Harker. Uh, was there comment? Or, what is Dracula a historical document in this world, or is it like ours, but we don't we don't yeah. know that this happened? I mean, what's kind of the status of Dracula as a novel? We're basically, you know, saying that there was no uh, novel, but Dracula was real. Okay, so that's but but those characters were real, basically. Um. um I hope I'm saying that right, uh, but uh, that's how I, I saw it. Um, is that is that the the book didn't exist, but the characters did. Okay. And, and 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 then we used our own take on what happened after Dracula was killed, and and we said that Jonathan and Mina moved to a, a small 
Midwest town to get their life back together, and then Trouble finds them. And then years later, um, Trouble finds the Harker descendants again. So, but not <laughs> through not through no no fault of their own though. Yeah, they, well, they did it themselves. <laughs> yeah. They had it coming. They deserved everything that was coming to them for sure. Yeah. That yeah, not really... the smartest guys. <laughs> uh, maybe was... Charlie. Charlie's probably the smartest guy there. Um, well, yeah, but he's that kind of like on the autism spectrum smart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Where he's, and... you know, he's doing calculus just looking around the room, but he couldn't tie his shoe. And if he tried to hug a girl, he'd take her bra off accidentally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and we should put that in the sequel. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I got all sorts of ideas. Just let me know if you want to brainstorm sometime. Yes, yes. So were you are you a fan of vampire movies at all? Or is this kind of a one off thing? What's your what's your feeling on our friends the vampire? I I love vampire movies and what the the way this idea actually came up, it had nothing to do with uh, Dracula per se at that time. I'm a huge uh, Monster Squad fan. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um I love the Lost Boys near dark. Yep. Uh near dark was uh, one of my, my favorite movies. I, I, I remember showing my wife I said this is the best vampire movie that's ever been made. And we watch it. And I remember the credit, she looked at me and she's like, this is the best vampire movie ever made. Well, it's not for everybody. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love movies that some people may not enjoy, but I just have a, a, a real love for them. Um, and near dark was one of them. And I remember we were doing the whole web series thing and I had this idea for a web series, but I got stuck and I didn't know what to do. And I knew if I, I brought it to the guys, you know, it would become a good cops entertainment um, production. And I, and I was okay with that. So mm-hmm. I remember we were at a, a poker game, I think, with Clayton, uh, Noel, Carol, and uh, Jacob Gibbons. And we were just bullshitting around. And I said, I think I have an idea for a web series. And they're like, yeah, what, what do you got? And I, and I said, I was thinking about like, having like these three brothers that claim they're like the last descendants of a vampire hunter. And it didn't have, have anything to do with Dracula at the time. It was just a vampire hunter. And, and, uh, and they, they have like a museum and they put on a show and, and then each episode, like something happens, you know, like a monster comes in, could be a vampire, could be a werewolf, could be, you know, whatever. It was, it was kind of like the Hardy Boys meets, um, Monster Squad, you know, like in my head, you know, that's kind of what sure. I was, I was, I was thinking. And, um, and I mean, there was no sister uh, role at the time. And, and that's just kind of the basis of what I had. I didn't know what to do with it. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of sparked this creative surge in the room. And everyone was just cracking jokes and uh, giving great suggestions on where the, the, the story should go. And then like two or three hours just talking about this web series uh, uh clayton cogswell was like this isn't a web series this is a fucking movie and he got really excited and uh that's kind of was a spark of it and then we would we were working on other things and we would i think it we got about two years we finally had a really good script that we were really happy with and 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 decided to finally just kind of jump in and that's a whole other story we were at a, a burger place and we were having a meeting on what we were going to do next if we were going to, to move forward another web series um we had some other opportunities that we could have taken and uh we're trying to figure out what we wanted to do we also were looking into making commercials uh making commercials for other companies and then taking that money and then making our own web series and things like that and uh, and we worked for some other companies too we worked for um uh, machinima 
as we did good cop season two and then they put a tumbleweed um on on their their youtube channel for a bit as well so um so we we were were moving a a little bit forward on on some things but we didn't know what we wanted to do next and (laughs) i remember it was me noel and jacob talking about all this stuff and then clayton comes to the burger place and uh just you know sits down hears us out and he's like gentlemen and we're, you know he just kind of gets quiet and he said i know what we need to do next and and we're like what we need to make a fucking movie and all of a sudden i i i know this didn't happen but i feel like he got, got on stood on the table and did like a dead poet society speech like it was so beautiful <laughs> i don't re- exactly remember what he said all i know is like i i was i'm like let's fucking do this and that was that he was the reason why we um, decided to take 21 people and go to Wisconsin, my hometown. And uh, we we shot this movie, which my we we put people in my parents house, uh, the house that we shot. That was my dad's uh, uh, business partner. That was there. Oh, okay. they, they were actually fixed. They, what they do is they fix up homes and then they they sell them. And this was in the fixer upper stage. And, um, and we're like, my dad showed it to us after we were like, you know, location scouting for like two days. And then he showed us this house and we're like, this is it. (laughs) And, um, and, uh, we, we, it was, it was perfect. We didn't have to pay for it. Um, and, uh, um, uh, his, his partner was gracious enough to, to let us, uh, uh, be there. Um, her name is uh, Barb Cooney, so the, the credits and stuff. Um, and, and then my mom was in the movie. She was the crazy neighbor. Um, ah. so that, was, that, was, that was my mom. Um, and she was also the cook. I mean, this was a low budget seedier pants, you know, let's fricking do this. Let's get it done. But we also had a, uh, a sales company, Shoreline Entertainment that was really interested in us. And, uh, uh, they, we partnered with them before we went out there. And uh, they they said you make this movie we'll 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 sell it and they were able to get us uh, our premiere in Spain which was amazing I never been to Europe so um, I was like you know small town guy watching ET when he was nine you know yeah. going to Spain <laughs> um, to watch his film um, in a theater with, you know he didn't know anybody there um well my, my partners were there and stuff and uh but it was so nerve-wracking there's the the theater had almost like 400 people and we're like are they even gonna like this and then and then the laughs started coming in and it was just it was it was a really good feeling once it was all done because the there was so much hard work going through there and so many ups and downs and and, and a lot of frustration you know throughout um but uh but when you actually finally get to see it with an audience, um, it, it's just like, oh, worth it. <laughs> yeah. Worth it. Well, and if if I haven't said it, I really enjoyed the shit, shit oh, out of that movie. Thank I, you. I've thank watched you. it twice, and that's, that's saying awesome. something. Yeah. That's awesome, Jeremy. Thank Cause, you. Because I often hold multiple viewings for just Highlander, The Empire Strikes Back, and The Wrath of Highlander is a fantastic yeah. film. I rewatched it a year ago. Yeah. That still holds up. That's, it it does, except in a few spots. I don't like that director's good. cut. I don't know if you've seen that where they add the clip of the Nazi, the woman who works for uh, Connor McLeod uh, when he's uh, Russell Nash and has the museum. And there's the slightly, yeah. I'm going to say slightly older. She's probably younger 
in that movie than I am now. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the risk I run, you know, by living a little bit too long. Yeah. But there's a scene they added back in where he finds her in Nazi Germany and she's Jewish and he rescues her from being shot. I liked it better when we just kind of assumed that yeah, he had found there was, her. Yeah, there was some bond that we didn't. Yeah. I don't need everything shown to me on screen. I, exactly. I they I thought they did a fantastic. I've never yeah. seen that first and so, secondly, so I loved there was that because I felt like there was a connection between them, like yeah. something like they loved each other even on a friend level. You know, it was their. It was it was it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. Uh, it's yeah. one I always like to point out when anybody goes, "Well, that guy was just you know he was just a whatever director before they gave him a film." Russell Mulcahy had only made music videos before he made Highlander. Wow. Yeah, wow. and it, it shows a little bit, but I just I love that movie. It is so good. It's style in the eighties. You know, that's the probably the best person to direct a movie in the eighties is the music director. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Especially when it was oh, soundtracked yeah, by Queen so heavily. Oh, yeah. What I'd say is probably, right. like, the most cinematic band of all time, except maybe Pink yeah. Floyd, you know? Yeah. So, so good. That opening uh, sequence is just great. The wrestling, like, it's like when you first watch it, you know, what is happening? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then and then the the parking lot. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, great movie. And now i got to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it's, uh, you're welcome, first yeah, off. Thank it, you, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, but, uh, no, I enjoyed your movie quite a bit. Um, so you are thinking of a sequel, so I don't want to pick apart too much of the specifics, but I have to say your opening sequence with the juxtaposition of what they're saying happened or with what happened and the way they're demonstrating it on stage. Yeah. You guys hooked me immediately with that scene because, because I, like I said, I've, I've been going through a lot of lower budget movies and You know, I'm watching that. I'm like, all right, it looks like, you know, typical vampire movie. Then all of a sudden it cuts to where the guys really are and what they're doing. I'm like, oh, fuck, now you got me. Okay, I got to see this now. That's great. Hopefully you understood that when you did that scene, it would be a good hook for people. We were hoping. That's what we were trying trying to go for. We wanted to flip it on its head. I mean, there was a lot of things that we were, when we were writing it, um, I remember Ned, uh, um, the first draft, he was actually... um, you know, he was he was still in love with the sister, uh, mm-hmm. Paige, but um, the the sheriff was uh, a shitbird, just an asshole, and and you felt sorry for Ned, and and in the end he he gets he gets the girl, um, but we were just we were thinking about it one time, and we're just think, we're all kind of like, what if, I feel like have we seen this over and over, mm-hmm. the you know the the guy you know, wants the girl and then the, she's always with the, the asshole. Right. But, but we're like, what if, what if she's dating like the nicest guy in the whole freaking world and Ned is still in love with her and, and, uh, um, but she doesn't have any interest in him at all. Maybe sees him as a brother tops. Um, but, uh, but really does not, um, have any romantic feelings for him whatsoever. And, uh, we thought, we thought that was a, a fun twist. On, on a, on a I, movie like that. I am so glad you guys went that direction yeah. because yeah. as soon as that set up, yeah. I was thinking, oh, here we yeah. go. And then it yeah. doesn't do it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, that's, that's really cool. Yeah, and, I, and I love Ned just so delusional about it. You know, yeah. uh, you know, that was another thing too. I just felt like Ned doesn't give up no matter how many times she says no. He's just so persistent and there's no chance he's ever going to get her. But um, he, he he's going to keep trying. <laughs> yeah. So my wife has a tattoo of Wiley Coyote on the back of one of her uh, calves. 
And when people ask her why him, she goes, because he's the ultimate optimist. He never gives up, no matter how lost the situation is. Never, never gives up. It's awesome. <laughs> and uh, that's that's what came through to me with Ned, where it's like, okay, everything's yeah. failed. How about a wood sculpture? Wood sculpture. I'll fix this. I'll fix this. That was another thing, too. We wanted the audience to think that the vampire was going to fall on that. And uh, and um, I think with the first drafts, we, we wanted it to, you know, but then we started getting through our budget. You know, we're like, we can't put a vampire through a, <laughs> like, what if he falls right next to it? Uh, I'm probably giving too much away here. Uh, sorry. Uh, spoiler alert. Um, but there, uh, there may or may uh, not be a vampire yeah, in this movie. May or may not be a vampire. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, but uh, yeah, that was, that was, that was a lot of fun to do to try to take things that we love from horror movies. And I, and I am a big, you know, Sam Raimi uh, fan. And then um, also our director Clayton, he's definitely, you know, I'm sure you could tell is, is very influenced with Sam Raimi and uh, Edgar Wright um, mm-hmm. filmmakers like that. So um, he has that, that style and it's just very fast and boom, 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 boom. And it works really well. Uh, I thought for, for this movie. And then of course with the, the other things that we did. So, um, and, and I always, uh, enjoyed uh working with with him um especially after seeing some things that I'm like i didn't even know i could do that and it has a lot of credit uh with the the director i think you know so oh absolutely yeah um uh, yet even more overlooked than the uh, music in a film is the director yeah yeah unfortunately yeah. these are like the, the 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 unsung heroes you know unless you know you are like a you know you keep making those movies and, and hopefully and i think clayton has a, a pretty good a career ahead of him so um and uh, and I hope I hope we get to make more stuff though as as well. So we we have no idea what our next move is right now. It's just you know even though it's been a year since it's been on Amazon Prime, it's uh we're we're still promoting it you know as much as we can. Um and we we do a lot of stuff on Twitter and Facebook and try to keep people interested. And, and then some people like like you just find it, which is great. And and you get a hold of us and we'd love to talk to you guys too. Yeah, so. well that's you know. Uh, Obviously, for, you've listened to some of my shows and gone back through the catalog and seen yeah, how weird yeah. some of my pickups are here and there, like totally obscure to, yeah. I actually got an interview with the guy that played Flash Gordon in the 1980 movie, but my wow. machine, my machinery screwed up, so I didn't oh, save, no. and I have a Flash Gordon tattoo from my elbow to my shoulder on one arm. Wow. It's one wow. of my, my most uh, formative movies of all time. That must have been heartbreaking. It really was. It really, really was. Um, I was ready to hang myself, but my wife hides my ropes. So, you know. The, I can't remember his name. It was a Star Trek um, interview that you did. Was it Kevin? James Kerwin? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. he, did the, he did the Star Trek, like. Continues. Um, yes. Yeah. And you guys were talking about all that stuff, and my head was about to explode. And, and you guys are so on it. And you're going back and forth, and you're like holding your own, and and he and then he was talking about it too, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's so much science involved in, in all of that, and uh, and and it's great that when, and I I think I appreciate Star Trek a lot more just listening to you guys on how uh, how they've really been able to hold that story all those years, you know, yeah, and uh, continue to have like those little details like you were saying uh, in there. So, yeah, before that was my second interview with James before my first one, I interviewed the guy that played Spock on Star Trek. Well, I interviewed a bunch of them, but the guy uh, that played nice. Spock 
Todd Haberkorn is his name. Uh, okay. He's actually quite famous. He's a voiceover guy in anime, and he's actually quite famous nice. in that in that field. But when we were talking after we got done, he goes, "Who who you have next?" I said, "James Kerwin." He goes, "Oh, dude, he's he's scary smart, <laughs> like spooky, like yeah, yeah, yeah." I would have that that was the thing so when i would talk to him i was already the very first time i was a little intimidated you know just like yeah. what is what, what is what is spooky smart you know yeah. how how smart do you have to be to get to that point i thought um, I- I thought it was a great interview, so yeah, it was fun. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, yeah, for an, for an out of work salesman, I, I do a pretty yeah. good interview. Uh, you do great. You do yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so I did want to talk. I grew up on Hammer horror films. My parents let me watch horror movies when I was a kid. You know, mm. uh, pretty much if it was on and I didn't run screaming from the room, it was cool for me to see. Not me. Not <laughs> well, me. you didn't grow up in uh, California. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in the Midwest. Um, I, I do actually have a funny story. We have a second about, sure. I remember my, I guess my first horror movie watching it. Um, God, I must've been 15 or 16. And, um, we got one of our older friends to rent us this movie called, I'm sure you'll, or you heard, you've heard of it. Um, toxic adventure. Oh yeah. Uh, adventure, absolutely. Uh, the trauma films. And, um, you know, at this you know, at this point, you know, at that, that time, you know, they didn't have the Internet, you know, yeah. um, seeing a, a naked girl was a challenge. Um, you know, you had to get somebody to either rent you a rated R movie or a rated X movie. That was and that was even harder. You know, it's like no one wanted to do that because you could get in trouble. Yeah, well, that's uh, a crime. So that's yeah. a crime, especially in the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so so I remember my parents were going on a date you know, with some, some of their friends, like a double date and they left and my friends not knowing to my parents were waiting in the back. As soon as they left, I went to the back, let them in. And I, I, either Jeremy or, or Vinny had the, the, the tape was like, we got it. <laughs> and we, we, we go in and we, we pop it in and we're just like watching this. Then we started fast forwarding just so we could see, you know, I mean, obviously we, we, we weren't, I don't think we were that interested in the horror part. I think we were interested in the naked girls. Part oh, absolutely. Or, and <laughs> yeah, Friday the 13th part two is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, I am perfectly aware of its shortcomings, yeah, but yeah. when I first saw it, I was eight Yeah. and wow. I'm like, okay, so there's naked chicks, hot, naked chicks, chicks in their underwear. And I'll be enjoying this movie for at least another 30 years or so, yep. you know? But yeah. Um, but wow. also at the same time when I was eight, and I think you and I are about the same age. So this would have been the early eighties. Okay. And, uh, the elephant man had come out recently. Yes. And I saw a clip of it on HBO and it just scared the shit out of me. Then my cousin who was a little bit older than myself told me the elephant man was two stories tall and it could reach in your bedroom window and grab you and eat you. Well, you want to guess where my bedroom was on the house? It's in the second right. story, you know. Yep. Well, right so the yeah, so there's that scene at the end of Friday the 13th Part 2 where Jason comes to the window unmasked with his elephant man-like head uh, and grabs no. Jenny, locking itself forever in my formative years throughout the rest of my life. We moved, um, we lived in Santa Cruz for years, and we lived in the hills above it for a couple years. The first night we're in this new house, Kids go to bed, wife goes to bed, it's midnight, I'm still unpacking shit and drinking beer, and I put on Friday the 13th Part 2. Well, our backyard was a forest that backed up to a river, 
and had all sorts of critters going through it and this, that, and the other. About 15 minutes into the movie, I hear stuff moving out in the bush. And your, your, your ears are probably picking it up more oh, now yeah, yeah. because of your memories. Oh, yeah, my God. absolutely. Yeah. And so it just, here I am, I'm a grown man in my 20s, <laughs> and I'm like scurrying off to bed with the blankets over my head like, monsters aren't real! Monsters, monsters aren't real! Monsters aren't real. Um, but what I was going to say was, uh, so one of my favorite films when I was a little kid, like six, mm. was Salem's Lot. And wow, that's... I, it's so funny that I'm trying to rewatch that. I remember seeing it, um, and I cannot find it anyway. I'm just gonna have to pay for it, I guess. But I've been yeah. trying to like see it on Netflix or Hulu or something. But uh, but uh, yeah, I'm probably just gonna have to pay the two Break bucks and watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but the scenes, the vampire was scary. Yes, and, and you know he looked like a monster. Yes, and my you know next thing that really stood out was like uh, the Christopher Lee Hammer films. Okay, so Dracula didn't look scary, but everything he did was monstrous. Yeah. So to me, vampires are monsters. I don't want to identify with them. I don't think they're sexy. I don't think they're cool. Yeah. I <laughs> love how you guys handled that in, in the movie. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we definitely um, threw some jokes there yeah. <laughs> at uh, the, the Twilight series for sure. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, and we kind of felt this same way too we felt like direct the the vampires are supposed to be scary um and not not handsome <laughs> by by any means um or, or sparkly we wanted our vampire to be scary even though we knew the movie ourselves we're trying to make probably wasn't gonna be scary on a level we wanted the vampire to be scary yeah and, and then hopefully we we did that <laughs> now who who did the makeup and effects for the vampire do you know well, that yes yes i do and of course, you just asked me, and it went right right through my brain, right? No, that's the way it happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, she's and, gonna she's gonna kill me because we we we've worked together on on that movie. Why can't I why, why can't I not remember? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? They uh, uh, she she did great, by the way. She. Well, I was going to ask, you know, so when you guys were creating that look, I, sorry that I gave you that question, because I know when I get a draft uh, like that, I freeze sometimes. Uh, um, did you guys know that you were going to go for a Nosferatu or, you know, more of a basement dwelling shit eating kind of vampire rather than uh, a cool, sexy Count Dracula style? Yes, uh, that was from the, the script one, and that was a lot of uh, Clayton Cogswell. Clayton really had an idea of what he wanted the vampire to be. He went through different versions, but it was always um, horrifying. Um, and uh, uh, so, it, one of them was uh, it would like his mouth just opened up, and he had like teeth inside the teeth, you know. Okay. Um, and and uh, could grab you with his tongue. That was when we had our bigger budget in our head. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so there was definitely some, some things that, that, uh, we, we wanted him to, to be. Um, but, uh, it was always scary. We always knew that we didn't want him to be sparkly or sexy or even really talk, you know, um, we wanted him to be horrifying. Um, and, uh, and that was, uh, Nathan Lane who, who did that. Um, he was on, uh, stilts. He's very, very, uh, he was very tall in there. Wait, and, and, the Nathan Lane? No, not the. 
Not the Nathan Lane. Uh, yeah, right? Could you imagine? <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Harrison Ford uh, was our vampire. <laughs> we didn't want to tell anyone. Uh, but, yeah, that'd be hilarious. No, not the one. That would be great. We just put him up in makeup and then not tell anyone. Um, but, uh, no, he was uh, he was, he was was fantastic um, as the, the vampire. And um, I feel so bad that I uh, forgot our makeup artist and I can't even find her in the damn. Well, perhaps I will edit that part out <laughs> unless that bottle of whiskey doesn't show up soon. Then I will of, highlight it within the real itself. I highlight it. I, and, and I have that coming. You know what? Ask me, the, ask me, ask me the question again. Ask me the question again. Oh yeah. So who did the makeup effects for your vampire in that movie? Well, that was Bethany Richards and she did a fantastic job. She actually also did the makeup. There was a tattoo. I don't want to give that scene away because it's one of my favorite jokes in the movie. Um, but there is a, a, a tattoo that is on somebody's body, and she did an amazing job on that. She actually um, is traveling. Is it, like I know a lot that she – I think she's in Europe the last time I, I knew, and she's like doing these huge paintings on walls and stuff. Oh, and crazy. She's, she's actually an amazing um, artist. Um, sure, I think – I don't know her website, but I'm sure if you look up Bethany Richards, uh, you can check out her stuff. And she, uh, it was the, the guy that did the vampire, Nathan, he, uh, he had to sit in the makeup chair for five to six hours. So it was quite, quite the process to get that, that mask on him, that makeup on him. Um, but I thought she did a fan. And when she did most of it and she would, we finally got her assistant because it was just, she had to also do the makeup for, um, the, when we have all the vampires come out. Um, so she had to do all of that. So we were able to find her assistant during that time. Um, but, uh, she was amazing. She did a, a fantastic job for us. And, um, I was really happy with how the, the vampire turned out because like we were saying, he was supposed to be scary. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully we did it. Our job on that. I, I think so because yeah. that, like I said, that's that's my preferred style of vampire. I want him to look like a rotten corpse with rat teeth, and you know, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, we're starting to run down on time, but I've had a hell of a time talking to you. So I would like oh. to keep you. I'd like to keep you in my rolodex of people to reach out to when stuff happens, and hopefully you will inform me as you have other projects roll out. Yes, yes. Well, uh, keep keep watching uh, Good Cops. I'd love to hear hear your opinion on on the ending there on the season one. And uh, if you have time, check out uh, Tumbleweed. If anyone's uh, uh, wants to check that out, go to Good Cops uh, TV on YouTube. Yeah, it sounds actually. You told me about that one. I hadn't looked at it yet, but now that you've described to me what it is, it sounds like something right up my alley. Because out of video games, Red Dead Redemption is one of my all time favorites. It's- it's a lot like that. Yeah. We and we're we're not subtle about it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't figure it would pay to be subtle it's, about that. It's, it's pretty obvious that uh, um, Red Dead Redemption had a big influence on the video game style that that, that we uh, we chose to pick. But it is live action. Um, we were able to go to this uh, western town that, of course, I can't remember the name. Um, and I do remember the guy that owned it though, a German Pete. And uh, he built this town um, with his son, and it's he rents it for some big movies, independent movies, um, um, and uh, it's it was, it was 
really cool to to be on like this western set basically Um, and shoot shoot guns and horses and yeah it was it was it was it was a lot of fun when I when um, so, I was younger, yeah. when I was younger and didn't realize things cost money to start businesses and ideas, I had this whole uh, adult theme park in Nevada planned out where you park five miles away and then you have to take a stagecoach in, oh. and then there's gambling and drinking and whoring and gunfights and you know, of course oh. then you realize that the insurance alone would drive you out of business. You know, oh. what do you mean this guy got shot and chlamydia? Well, hey, it's just. <laughs> Ooh, uh, well, <laughs> we'll write that one off. <laughs> yeah. oh, That's yeah. always what happens. Cool. So, um, so Good Cops TV is the best way to find your stuff on YouTube. Yeah. And then uh, if you go to Amazon. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I was going to say that, but go ahead. Please do. Oh, well, I'll let you do it. This is your show, so please. Okay. And then if you're on Amazon Prime, you can look up I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker. Uh, also, I believe it pops up in the first 10 if you do comedy horror on the search i believe but keep an eye out for it it's in there it's well worth your time um and uh yeah i'm not gonna call you ned because your name's derek i'm just <laughs> looking at the word ned written down next to your name derek thank you for taking the time to do this anything coming hey. up that you want to let us know about or anything you know um right now it's just you know focusing on babies 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 but mm-hmm. um we are always talking about you know other projects and stuff um I have a couple of things that I'm I'm, I'm working on um I I've been pitching this for years so I'm just going to say this because it drives my partners crazy I really want to do this uh, series called Time Turds time traveling series um okay. Okay. about two brothers that find out their dad invented a time traveling toilet and they have to go he is lost, and they have to go shit on a toilet to travel back in time to find him. So that's time turds that will probably never be made. But uh, I always, I always give shit uh, to my my partners that we should do that next, and they they just they just laugh at me. Uh, Derek, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a personal question. What are your sure. What are your feelings about medical marijuana? <laughs> I'm for it. Okay. I, I, <laughs> I made the assumption, but I didn't want to speak out of turn, you know? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, there might be a good reason why we haven't made that, that, that yet. <laughs> the, the plumbing salesman in me wants to ask why a toilet, but, but the only answer I can come up with is why not a toilet. So I promise you, Jeremy, days later, give me time turds. No, I'm, I'm sure you're right, because <laughs> I do that with stuff all the time. I hear it, and I'm like, oh, that's ridiculous. Then a day or two later, I'm like, you know, there might be something to that. There might be something there. Time turds, huh? Yeah. Huh. I don't even know the right toilet for the for the role. They have to They have to take their – They're just. they just hope their next shit is their next shit home, I, I believe. that's That was like one of the, the slogans I came up with. See, that seems like uh, somebody, somebody <laughs> eating pizza, watching um, – Watching Quantum Leap while trying yeah. to decide, like, do I use the bathroom now or do I wait a little bit? I just love the idea of a show where they're trying to eat things so they can take a shit to get home. I think there's just yeah. something to that <laughs> that no yeah. one would probably want to watch. <laughs> Fecal filiacs would love it. Sure. What do we call that? A call, 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 call filia? I don't, I don't know. You know what? I don't even need to know the term for that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, we'll, we'll just let that go. All right, I, Derek. Well, thank you for joining us. I do appreciate it. Thank you, Jeremy. I really, really appreciate being here. Thanks. 
Yeah, it was my, my pleasure entirely. All right, everybody. Well, that was uh, Derek Hagen. Uh, please go check out Good Cops TV on YouTube. Look for his movie, I Had a Bloody Good Time at House Harker on Amazon. Um, also, what do you want people following you on uh, the Twitters or no? Yes, please. Uh, uh, Twitter and, and um, uh, Facebook. Facebook is House Harker, and then also uh, Twitter is House Harker. You can find us. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure we get that in the notes. For everybody else, bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>